Thing spinning, yeah, it looks like we're on right now. Hopefully, we're getting some, um, you know, notifications out there. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go ahead and put the Patreon in there. Shout out to everybody on a Friday. Coop, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I, it's always good to be here, you know what I'm saying? Because that lets me know that <laughs> all the like, other stuff is done, you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's kind of like, and even if it's not done, it's like we'll pause. It's a safe haven, you know? It is. It is. It really, really is. Because it's like just for all the ripping and running I just did in the last like 90 minutes. And then to, to like get to sit here and be like, we'll pause. Right. And go do something you love. Shout out to everybody in the room. People are coming in the room quickly. You know, we wasn't able to give you all the time today. So we're glad that everybody's getting in the room. Ooh. Thumbs up. Thumbs up in the chat, man. We're going to have some heavy talk today. What's good? What's good? What were you about to say? <laughs> I do. I have something to share. Go ahead. Yesterday, out the middle of nowhere, Mike, it started coming to me. And I wrote the first verse that I've written in about six years, actual rap verse. Oh, word. I wrote a rap verse yesterday. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about my creative process. I think I probably shared this with you behind the scenes. I used to just write everything out. But most of my stuff comes in spurts. And like, I don't know where it comes from. It'll just start happening in my brain. Um, and you probably heard this from people more famous than me. For a lot of the things that I was doing when they would come to me, I couldn't get to anywhere to write it down immediately as soon as I, I liked. I wrote a lot of my first album with my cousin Six at the bar at Dave & Buster's when we were younger. Mm. I would literally just tear a sheet off the paper while we were slow and I would go, but I wasn't always able to do that. And so I always told myself, well, don't, Write anything down until you got at least four to eight bars memorized in your head. And so yesterday it started coming to me and I got a 24 bar verse. And it's funny how it came to me. It's like the way it came, I had to I had to format it and break it up because it's like, well, six bars came to me right here. Then like two bars came over here and three over there. And now I'm pulling and tugging and it felt like I was like an artist again because that, that that's a lot of the time how I write it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I'm just in the car mumbling and shit. And when I'm getting out the car, I'm fucking putting it in my phone like, uh, and bam. And then I'm hopping back. In. And so, yeah, I wrote a verse, but I'm going to spit it out and I'm going to send it to you for put up for the people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it like that. And we'll put it up for the people because the people want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I am because you want to know what. And I'm going to tell you, like. When I got done, I think it came from a competitive places. It's like, you know, people think that sometimes maybe certain people aren't qualified. Like, you know what I'm saying? To maybe uh, don't listen things. to Talib and Yasin. No, I mean, I mean, no, 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 no. Like, I, I mean, see me, I'm competitive. So it's like, oh, if you don't think that I'm qualified, like, I'll show you that I can rap rap like like the way that like most cats who we review can't actually in my opinion you know what i'm saying like like as far as my pen game goes i've never been concerned about anything it's just about like if my timing is still good like my pen's always nice well that was always the thing too with uh developing according to hip-hop like in its origins we wanted it to be like a not only a hub for the hip-hop community and i mean community as far as the fans to be able to converse and talk about things but the staff be people who had participated in pretty much in every element that hip-hop uh, entails and have levels of experience in that. You know, I think that a lot of times, especially like even when you look at ESPN and things of that nature, you got people who are journalists that are just journalists, which is fine, and didn't really compete 
on a high level athletically. Now, a lot of that stuff is changing, but I think that it is important in hip hop for there to be a platform where it's just people who are of that hip hop community. I think a lot of us have tried to write rhymes before. A lot of us have gotten to the point where we've gotten in the studio before. A lot of us have performed live. And if you're able to have that level of experience, you know, you can, you can, you have a different take than someone who's never jumped in the studio and spit around right. in their life. I mean, I put a whole album together by myself, Mike, living on two separate coasts. I so, would hope, I would hope that to some of these MCs, you know, and I know that we weren't the ones that um, Talib and Yassin were talking about specifically, but I would hope to a lot of MCs who hear us speaking about, you know, projects and and albums, songs, and just, you know, giving our takes, I would hope that they hear that we have done this before on some level. You know what I mean? Oh, no, Mike. No, 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 no Mike. They, they about to hear. I actually forgot that I was nice. Fuck all that. <laughs> Fuck all that. I'm, I'm over here getting my pen right now because we're actually going to officially take score of the song-for-song uh, song matchup that we did for Brooklyn and Queens. Uh, Fantasy731 says... When are you going to get a Mike? When are we going to get a Mike D and Coop album? I mean, who knows? Sooner than later, maybe. Um, Shoot. I, I, I stay in the zone that I was in the other day. It was a nice zone. Like, I was like, I didn't even know that my heart still had it in my heart to, like, activate in my mind like that. Like, on some rap shit. Not on some writer shit. I was on some rap shit the other day. Mm. I can't you know tell what I mean? Like, I'm always a writer. writer. I was on some rap shit the other day. I was like, oh. I was like, oh, this is, I was like, these aren't, it's like, this isn't, it's like, these are bars. Oh shit! Speaking of which, man, did you hear that um, Freddie said that he might not be putting together many albums? He got a lot of other projects that he's doing or whatnot. And uh, let me see what the actual quote is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to this image that I found. And yes, it says uh, this is from NFR podcast that Freddie might not be making albums anymore. Albums, I mean, it says I'm really ready to just chill. I don't know if I can uh, go through the process of recording an album no more. I got a variety show. I got three movies I just signed to. So I might not have the time for like the next five years. What do you I think, think about there's that? A little, I think there's a little cap in that. Yeah. I think that, man, but, you know, at any given point, and I've said this before on this show, Hollywood can take any of our artists away from us, except for Jay-Z, uh, Nas, and Kanye probably. You know what I'm saying? Correct. I agree, <laughs> I agree with that sentiment. And Snoop. And Snoop, yes. Because I think a, a part of Snoop's brand is to continue to make music on some level. Correct. What do you, oh, speaking of Snoop, and I want to throw a whole bunch of stuff out here. We'll talk about Styles P retiring too. What do you think about Game saying that Dr. Dre didn't make any beats for him on the documentary? <clears throat> we got, you, you know, I, I'm asking you because you've said some of these things. We got to do an audit on the great Dr. Dre. And I mean, obviously, Dr. Dre's resume speaks for itself, but we need to know a little bit more about what was actually done in certain eras. How often do I have to speak and be fortuitous without it seem like I'm being a hater? The <laughs> game, the game and Tupac that... said the same thing, basically. <laughs> and, 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 and all I've done is ask legitimate questions and been like, well, is he... Pete Rock DJ Premier, 
or is he like Quincy Jones? Because they, like, because here's the thing about being Quincy Jones in rap. It's like, first of all, Quincy is qualified as a musician already. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so you're qualified as a beat maker already. Nobody's saying you're not qualified as a beat maker. Same Quincy is qualified as a musician. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it says executive produced by Quincy Jones on Thriller. Like song for song, everybody else who produced got their contributions, Mike. Yeah. And you're very familiar, even more so than I am, Rod with what those contributions are. Rod Temperton was the first person that came to mind. Yeah. Correct. And so all I'm trying to say is, 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 is that there's been co-production credit given. But there have also been people that have said that they haven't gotten credit for what they've done on multiple occasions. I'm going to say this. And I know I'm going to sound like a hater. People have been mad at me for the past week, I'm sure. But is it fair to say if something says co-produced by, let's just say, Mailman or something, Mailman probably did a majority of the work... <laughs> I mean, if you get this? the co-production I mean. credit, okay, you so, might have made most you know, of when it. You have, when you have like Dr. Dre's ear or uh, or Puff's eye, oh, well, that's a game changer, okay? Yeah. So let's not take that away, but it's like, you know, there's a difference between lending your ear and putting your hands down and getting dirty. You feel what I'm saying? You can hear something and be like, hold up, hold up, hold up. No, 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 slow that down. Or or, or, or what, what, what key is that on? No, no, no. Put it on the F. You know what I'm saying? See how that sounds. Yeah. Hold on. Turn that up. You know what? Take that hi-hat out right quick. Let me see how it sound without that hi-hat. Okay. Okay. Right there. Right there. Bring them hi-hats back. You, you know, know what I, I think, mean? Dr. Like, Dr. Oh, Dre no, You is. can't buy a motherfucker that's a genius at that. Okay? You can't buy somebody right. that's a genius at that. But that's executive production. I was going to say, I think Dr. Dre is a little bit more like Puff than we give it credit to. Um, I think what Dr. Dre excels in hands down he is i want to say probably he is the best engineer in hip-hop that he is you can tell a difference sound quality with his name on something that's That's why they sell the headphones at the rate that they do that's the marketing ploy of the headphones is the quality and he's probably the best engineer in hip-hop hands down now let's pause well engineering is a part of the executive production process not the actual production. It's like when you shoot a film, well, you have a director and a producer, but you also have an executive producer. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Like the producer and the director be there for the live shoot. The executive producer might pull up at one o'clock in the afternoon and be like, what you got today? What that's the money. What you got today? Yeah. That's the people who put the money Look, Let me see what you got. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. Tell them to do that scene over. You Mike. see right there, you see the body language, you see the nonverbal body language like there? I don't like that. That's not going to work. Like, tell them to cut that out. Right. Matter of fact, let's put them in a different setting. Let's put them in the elevator instead of putting them on the hallway. See right. if that works. Right. Michael Williams with the Super Chat, though, he says, uh, Mike, I've heard you talk about Most Def's ability and potential a few times. Do you think he has more talent than Andre? Uh, yes. Was his ceiling higher? Yes. Yes. Yes and yes. Yes, yes and yes. Because, you know what? I would say mm-hmm. more talent because... We're not. I'm not going to split hairs with this, and I love Andre. Exactly. I was exactly. just about to say that. We're not going to act like Andre didn't try to act. It's still trying. Most Def had that in the bag. Most Def Most proved... Def a good actor. Yeah. Most Def proved that on a solo level, he can carry a song. 
he proved that, I mean, I think his hook game is probably better than Dre's. It is. He has it a better is. voice, I gotta too. Be he has fair. a better singing voice, Mike Umi says. Yeah, Just he got like Umi he says. Got says. He has, yeah. uh, you know, traveling, man, records like that. And this ain't even counting Miss Fat Booty and all of that stuff. You know what I mean? So, yes, his ceiling was higher. He could do anything. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, and it's not like there's some sort of wide gap, like, on the rapping side. But with everything else, like, with the singing and with the acting, there's a gap. It is. I think when it comes to the rapping part of and if you want to talk about a ceiling and more talent, I think that his ability to be a solo artist from the rap side of things produces a gap. Now, I will say this. I think both of them approach music from a similar standpoint. They're writing, excuse me, because when you listen to how most Def puts together verses like the, the time verse on Hurricane or like his verse on Respiration with the city breathing, and how mm-hmm. Andre takes on stuff like International Players Anthem. Like they take on themes with their, you know, with their writing. And so they approach things at a very similar rate. But I love Dre, love Cass. But Dre, it's hard to put him in any conversation with any artist that has proven that they can hold it down themselves. It really is. It really is. I mean, like I said, you're the one that got me over to that side and that train of thought and way of thinking. So I'm not about to sit up here and quibble with you about it years later. Now, doesn't have any solo material, and that's just really the end of the discussion. I mean, we don't have to say it in any sort of grandstanding or like you know long-winded sort of way. I mean, we just and people have to understand something. When somebody speaks truth to power, that doesn't make them a hater. That just means you don't like what they're saying. <laughs> well, you know? the thing is, too, when it comes to Dre, I think people have to understand. There's not many, if any, rappers do on any level that we can sit here and say don't have an individual song when it's just them in three verses. Can you name any notable MC out there who doesn't have a song where it's just them in two or three verses? Not notable, Mike, no. Uh, you can't. So for us to sit here and act like what he's doing is normal... And it could be qualified, I think, as being dishonest. Because even if we talk about Lauren and her short solo career, we call the Mr. Education of Lauren Hill an R&B album, but she still has doo-wop. She still has um, um, uh, Lost Final Hour. She still has Final Hour. Like And other verses. Like, there's yeah. a verse on Everything is Everything. There's a verse on, um, what's the other one? Like, there's other verses on there. Yeah, but I'm saying, if you want to go for a song where it's just her... Three verses and a hook. She got classics in that way. So I can't sit there and say like, well, Lauren ain't got this and that. Lauren got lost ones. Well, well, see that. Okay, so so let's pause again. Well, that would be the thing about it. And if we were really parsing hairs, it's like, well, Lauren should be higher than Andre because I always thought Lauren was a better. I mean, lyrically, Mike. The Outkast catalog is deeper than the Fuji's catalog. I would put him ahead of her in that way, but no, I, I'm I feel about you. The MC. Talking about the MC. I got you. Because here's what I'm saying. Lyrically, Mike, oh, like, she can son Nas and Rakim on her record. And I don't say that about too many people. Like, lyrically, yeah. she can. I want to talk about I mean? that, too, man. Oh. Um, I know we're skipping around, but, yeah, I, I do want to talk about with Kodak and Lotto and all that stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but, yeah. But, but, Go ahead. But, Mike, it's not just the fact that 
So the songs, the rap songs are brief for her. Listen to the rapping that you're hearing. It's not like, oh, that was a good rap song. It's like, I think that's one of the best rap songs I've ever heard. Except for she did it three times, Mike, on one album. I've got something to say. But it's to some that of the too. best rap stuff that you'll find, period. Like the three rap songs that are on The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill is some of the best bar work you will find, period. I'm going to so say that so. is all that. But no, 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 no. It is not a question of if she can make a rap song by herself. I do not doubt that. I do not question that. I never question that question if that ass is going to show up on time. That's about it. The bar work is stupid. <laughs> Diverse with the super chat says, Love the show, fellas. Keep it up. Uh, have you guys heard the Rick Hyde EP? Short but fire. Oh, Gotta check that Ricky out. Ricky Hyde got one too? Yeah, Man, we, like Griselda and their affiliates and everybody are out. Um, Indy U Jam says, Warren G said him and Daz were running around shopping for samples and chopping them up. Dre came for the arrangement and the mixing. Yeah. But that's what a producer is supposed to do from a traditional standpoint. But when we look at what hip-hop producers do... It seems like hip-hop producers, the ones that we normally rank, kind of have to handle everything from the rooter to the tutor. And it's like from the creation of it to handing it off to the artist that you're getting it to, to the mixing part of it, and to the sequencing, rather. Maybe not the mixing, but the sequencing of the record, like a premiere, like a Pete Rock, like a Kanye, like a, you know what I'm saying? Even a Manny Fresh to his level. So Here, Here's what it is. Hip- He's playing a different game than everybody else is the problem. He is, but he but let me submit something to you. What allows him to play that different game? I'm going to tell you. We make a lot of um sports analogies and comparisons. So, you know, one of the things that comes with basketball and being what is considered to be the leader of the team or the guy that you look to is that well, part of what makes or made Michael Jordan who he was as a player or Kobe Bryant when he was here, God God bless his soul, and uh, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. Oh, you might walk in the gym at 5.30 thinking that you're getting there early and they're already in there and have broken a sweat. Yeah. Now, hip-hop is very much fundamentally kind of like basketball in that sense where it's like, well, no, we don't really accept ghostwriters like that. And producer-wise, we respect the guys that kind of are in the studio really putting in the work and doing everything. Because I'll tell you what, Mike, I mean, and you know him too. Oh, I know a producer that will make the beat, arrange the beat, mix the beat down, bounce it over, and then clean it up and give you a radio edit, a dirty edit, and then just the silent edit. You know what I'm saying? And that guy is my fucking cousin. So it's like, don't tell me that Dr. Dre can't do it. It's the, this is the thing. In hip-hop, hip-hop is such a individual sport to a degree. If somebody has help with their rhymes or help with hooks, we knock them for it. Right. Looks like, it looks like Dr. Dre has a lot of help all around. What do we say about game all the time? What do people critique about game when we put game the so help. Out? They'd be like Mike B and Coop. They'd be like, he had a lot of help. Exactly. And so when it comes to producing, and you know, and I think that's just what Jermaine Dupree was saying when they all went ramsack on him for no reason. Jermaine Dupree said, if you get me, Dr. Dre and Timbaland, whoever else he said, 
in a room by ourselves, I think I'm the first one that's going to come out with a hit. Who said that? Jermaine Dupree. Remember when he said that? That's when the whole beef, quote unquote, beef started. But oh, see, right. With right, right, him right, right, saying right. that, he's talking about him individually. I don't need all this help. And let's just be right. real. Dr. Right. Dre has not Ooh. shown us in any Ooh. given point, even if we go back to the NWA days, that yellow. he could just get the record and say, look, me, I'm doing this, and I got it. Like Kanye he, did for Pusha T on Daytona. You know what I'm saying? He like, had yellow. Because he had yellow. He had yellow. And, you know, and it's like, it's always somebody, which is fine, but I think if you want to be... It's... <laughs> We got to be balanced here. We can't knock MCs for having help. We can't have knock artists for having help. And we say that this one person is the greatest producer ever and they have nothing but help the whole time. We can't do that. It's very dangerous territory we're actually forging into is actually what I was thinking. This might be one of the most dangerous things that we've talked about because we're talking about... Game said it, another, you know? Hold on. We're, 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 I mean, but we're, we're, we're pretty much asking ourselves, did Dr. Dre have too much help? Because here's the fact of the matter. Well, if we have to question that, and here's what I've always told you, it's like, well, in a vacuum, give me RZA. Because, and, and this is what I mean. I ain't never heard an MC the caliber of Jizza make an album the caliber of Liquid Swords say some shit like, I didn't hear my album till it was done. I'm like, this nigga did everything. <laughs> Think about how great the Jizza only is. Built for Cuba Link. MC, and the album's called Liquid Swords. And only Go for Cuban Links came out the same year. So did Return to the 36 Chambers, yeah. right? Now, he didn't do well, every single thing on like, there. But like yeah. You're talking about how much, how, like, how much did Fourth Disciple and True Master? No, no, I feel you. But I'm just saying, you know, I want to clarify for the audience out there. Because, you know, people How much did Fourth Disciple and True Master really do? I mean. <laughs> this like, is what, what I'm going to say. Jizza said, I heard Liquid Swords when it was done, Mike. Mm -hmm. When have you ever heard an MC talk about that, talk like that about an album? I want to see what the people caliber. got to say here. I heard Liquid Swords when it was done. I'm like, this guy's a genius. <laughs> NR says, uh, what do y'all think about G Herbo? Comes from uh, that Chief Keith era, but he's a lyricist. You know, I was listening to G Herbo the other night on the uh, Rap City, and, you know, and I've, I mean, I've heard him for years. I like G Herbo, but for some reason, <laughs> he seems like a half step behind the beat or ahead of the beat to me. And I, and I think for me as a... I guess a person from the South who's always about folks being on top of the beat, it kind of throws me off, man. Like, it really does. I like G. Erbo. I don't think he's identified his sound. Like, he, he had, like his personality's bigger than his sound, and I feel like he gets lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. And so I want him to identify a sound and a style that works for him, that separates him from, like, um, the, the the class that he's in. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, no, I feel you. Yeah. Uh, Jay, like Short, Jay Short like says... Oh, go ahead. He's just inconsistent, Mike. He's had some good stuff. We're going to get to that when we talk about uh, this and Few, which I liked, but I, I think that it's a sign of an uh, era as far as the way people put together albums. Uh, Jay Short with the Super Chat says, problem is, Dre don't acknowledge his help. Is it Dre that doesn't acknowledge his help, or is it that everyone else doesn't acknowledge Dre's help? Because you and I talk about doggy style as we should, but everyone knows Daz made the beats on doggy style, but as Snoop would say, Dre produced it. 
So okay. Dad so should listen. get the he should get some credit for doggy style. He never does in public. So 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 here's a way to look at it. When you look at Dr. Dre's catalog, first of all, people go back to NWA and it's straight out of Compton niggas for life. But Mike, you bring up Yellow, as did I. Mm-hmm. So the first two classics, well, it's like, well, Yellow's a DJ and a producer too, and he's your right hand man, and y'all have known each other like for I don't know how long. So it's like, well, you had help on the first two classics, okay? Then you have the Chronic, which was pretty much like hip hop's first like West Coast like gangster party ass smoke session turned into like a whole album. And you got to keep in mind, Daz and Warren G are there for the Chronic, and Quick even mentioned being around for some of those Chronic sessions. Yeah. That's quick. Daz and Warren G oh, right there oh, with oh, Dr. Drake. Now that oh. you mention quick, that's somebody who never really has any help. I, love, I told you. And he spits too. He writes, produces, and has. I mean, I don't know who quick has help with. And he engineers. I mean, you know, it's only help on any level that I really knew was Mossberg before Mossberg died. Yeah. Right. That was Quick's only help that I knew of on any level, like any level. <laughs> and maybe some people in the chat can educate us because I know we got some insiders in here, too. So Right. But we I, my, like me and six and DJ Quick loving Southern ass dudes. So like, yeah, I'm, I fucks with Quick like tough. So then you go to doggy style. Well, then the dad's thing comes up. Yeah. Chris, the glove Tabor, who jumped in on this chat, Mike. For the firm album, he is the co-producer of Phone Tap, Mike. Yep, an executive decision, I believe. Yep, and some other joints. Shout out there. to the glove, man. Yeah, shout out to the glove for jumping in the chat. Chat the Chronic two thousand one Mailman. Yep, um, Elizondo, both yep. of them, Mike Elizondo and uh and Mailman are both all over two thousand one, and so it's like. And after that, he pretty much stopped producing. <laughs> well, well, after that, you know what it's like, Mike? After that, it's get like Richard you got the five track. piece. So it's like you got in the club. Whoa, 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 like, whoa. I get... We're skipping a whole thing. What about Eminem? No, we're not. Okay? <laughs> I'm not skipping anything. <laughs> I'm not doing it. That's why. Okay, all right, all right. All right? Can't get Jimmy to do it. That's why. No, you want to know what? Eminem is part of the five piece because M is where he started just kind of giving people the five piece. Because you have to understand, it's not like he's producing every track on the Slim Shady LP, on the Marshall Mathers LP. It's like he produced like three or four. I think he did like four or five on the first one. He did like three or four on the second one. Yeah. So it's not like he's even taking Eminem on full in throttle by himself. Yeah, Eminem Same handles most Eminem of his show. The Eminem show is a five piece. Get Richard Die Trying, five piece. The documentary, a five piece. So it's like after 2001, you're getting a five piece. You yeah. might get a biscuit. <laughs> Michael Williams Red in Super Chat. Michael Williams says, I listen to the new Gibbs. Pretty dope, but I agree with Mad Max about his flow sounding the same. His choppy, uh, a staccato delivery gets repetitive. Okay. Uh, Mel531 says, Dr. Dre is the best ever. Please stop, guys. Okay. Are we saying, this is what I mean. Are we saying <laughs> anything? Like, all we're doing is running down the actual production credits that we know of. We're not yeah. saying anything that's no true. Like, most of the stuff you can actually go look up. Like, you can go even look at Snoop Dogg interviews where Snoop is talking about, well, 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 well Daz came up with the beat, but Dre came in and made it what it was. All right. This is what I'm going to say. And since we're talking about the game. See what I mean about so, how people are feeling? Oh, this is so dangerous. Since we're talking Very about cool. the game, 
are y'all going to just sit here and acknowledge that the game's better than Kendrick Lamar then? Because he has a better catalog. Or are we going to say, no, game had a lot of help on those albums where Kendrick didn't? Are we going to be that fair? Because if we're going to sit here and just totally ignore help, the game has a better catalog than a lot of people. Lots. <laughs> a lot of people. Lots. So we just got to be consistent in this. And, you know, I don't have the answer today. I mean, we're probably not going to get to the bottom of this today, but these are some things to consider. And I think that when it comes to Dr. Dre being in a versus, I think it's problematic because we don't really, I mean, we're going to have a similar problem that we have with Puff. Take that, take that. We are. You know what? I might not disagree with Puff now. Maybe Puff does need to go up against Dre. Maybe that's the only matchup. Because they both will sit there and play stuff that, you know, other people had hands in. Oh, buddy. What are we going to do here at According to Hip Hop? So, <laughs> I mean, we've been off... <laughs> been off the Rock Nation brunch. I don't even know if they're. <laughs> I don't think them. so. Man. I think I can still get an invite to the Rock Nation brunch. You hear them J quotes that I've been spitting? I think it's the aftermath brunch. I mean, we're not. I'm not going to that anyway. I mean, all the Eminem stuff I've said. I'm work. definitely not Mike, but <laughs> like the West Coast. And while we're on that subject, <laughs> Eminem still has not. Words. Eminem still has not responded to the Black Slim Shady. And I'm tired of you guys out here trying to act like that record's not respondable or something. Like it's whack or something. It's a dope record. The reason, And if you don't think it's a dope record, it's because you don't like Eminem's music. Uh, Michael Williams with the Super Chat says, Kanye is the best producer ever. Uh, he's, the most, he's the most chameleon-like and versatile. Premier and Dre typically have a signature sound that is identifiable. I, I want to say this too, and I love Premier, and I think that his signature sound has like a vintage feel to it, so it ages well in that way. But long term, how did how do the young people view uh, current Premier production? I guess because for us, when we hear it, it's nostalgic, you know. And he's never really had to adjust with the times. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's just how do, does your daughter listen to any of uh, Premier stuff, and what does she think about her? Is that like daddy's music or something? Whenever he comes with something new, it's definitely dad's music because it's like you have to understand if she's hearing Primo from me, she's probably hearing more classic Primo than current Primo. And I kind of audit some of the things that I play for my daughter. Like it's like I play stuff when I'm with my daughter, and she's like 15, going on 16. But it's like I don't be in the car with her when I play the Ten Crack Commandments. Because the you thing is, and I guess dad's what, like a little too enthused, and then right. she's going to start asking questions. I'm not answering those questions. I guess what I'm, I'm trying to get ask to you those questions, young lady. But, <laughs> but no, you know what I'm saying. But not as far as the current stuff. I think yeah. the last thing I played, you know, I played Armani Simply Done for her. She okay. liked Simply Done when I was in, kind of introducing her and putting her under Armani. Because what? Because I put her onto Armani. Uh, yeah. I, you know, now that's she a knows good who Armani is. You know what I'm saying? But she knows via dad and simply done was the introduction. And so that's a good example, she, though, that song right there. Yeah, I think that's no, a, a great example. Yeah. It has like a vintage premiere feel to it, but it still sounds up to date. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the record that he did for Rod Digger. It was at the end of Dirty Harriet before the bonuses or whatever. When she was talking about her three brothers, kind of reminds me yeah, of that record. Um, well, you know, he's. 
his style has always had a classic, like his early stuff had a classic feel. Go play Mass Appeal. You know what? His style is kind of like a Jada kiss in a sense, where it's like he doesn't really have to change his style, but it kind of fits yeah. with any and every situation. It kind of works. Like yeah. <clears throat> the Biggie stuff is special because it's like where he seems stretched the most. Because to be honest with you, if you were to really hear, like, go play Kick in the Door and Unbelievable and Ten Crack Commandments versus all the other stuff that he made around the time. You're like, oh, those are different. Yeah, they are. You're right. Uh, 007 with the Super Chat. Shout out to 007 in the building. He says, rank game and Kendrick albums if we go there. If we go Let's go there. there. <laughs> Very problematic. You want to go there? That's fine. Let's go there. How far are we going? We're just going deep. We're just going as far as Kendrick catalog goes, right? Because, I mean, Game's got more albums, like three or four more at least. Okay, so if we say, hmm, Documentary, uh, Doctor's Advocate, and uh, Good Kid, Mad City. You got Good Kid, Mad City at the top of all that? Yes, Good Kid, Mad City is the best album of, of the collective albums that have been made, in my opinion. Because if we're going to start splitting hairs... He had the least amount of help, and well, we found out that he wrote J-Rock's verse. The joint with Drake, the Poetic Justice, might be the weakest song on the album, so it's not like that help was like like super, super helpful. Dr. Dre's on Compton. It's a fucking Just Blaze beat. Thanks, Dre. Thanks for jumping on Good Kid, Mad City. Thanks for jumping on a West Coast classic and not doing a beat on it Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Since we're talking about that, how many beats has Dre actually made for Kendrick? None. And he's made none for game, according to game. It's very problematic. He That's said he problem. still hasn't gotten a Dr. Dre beat. That's what he said. Very problematic. Uh, Jay Short with the Super Chat says, um, would you ever do a TDE versus Griselda for New School? I think that would be dope. But TDE is going to be so Kendrick heavy, man. It is. Kendrick and School. I mean, Kendrick and Q, man. Yeah. Like, I can't even front. Like, I was working out the Q shit the other day. Like, Lord have mercy. And, um... Uh, that part with Yay and Groovy that Tony with up. Kiss, like th- those are three classics, Mike. Like just okay, three, okay, right? okay, we can play okay, those three okay, records right there. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I mean, studio. I mean, we can just go through Q stuff. Studio, Collard Greens, the Blind Threats with Raekwon. Mm-hmm. What they want with Chains? Chains verse on there is nasty on what they want. Yo, Chains, man, bars. Michael Williams of the Super Chat says, uh, speaking of producers, do you think it's fair to say it's more difficult for producers to stay relevant and uh, and involved with the times than artists? I don't know. I've heard DJ Paul speak on that. He said he likes producing more because obviously he raps and produces because like when you're rapping, (laughs) you have to try to change with the times and sound cool and hip and that, this and that. But as a producer... You know, music is everywhere, and you can find ways to continuously be innovative sonically without well, having to adjust with the times. You know what I mean? Like, there's no subject matter with beats. The, the artist. What's that? The, oh, you got a bird in there? <laughs> no, you know, like one of the neighbors has like an acoustic set and be playing live music sometime. Oh, okay. Like outside and you can hear like the band playing and stuff like I'm hearing them crank up and rev up. That's all. Um, shoot, they made me lose my train of thought. Where were we? Well, 
we were talking about producers and um, and then having no problem at the times. That's what I wanted to say. Well, the artists don't get to be themselves the way the producer does. Exactly. Like, I'm not even, I'm not, I just want you to look at it just on this one fundamental basis. So many of the guys who we look up to, like that we grew up on, like their hair color is still the same. Like, and we know that these niggas are 50 years old. It's like, <laughs> we know that your hair is all the way gray. You're 50. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I mean when I'm saying the artists don't get to be themselves. It's like, right. they don't even get to like for real, Mike. Right. I mean, because I I have never colored or coded my shit. And when I be seeing like rappers who who are, were like twenty three when I was thirteen, and it's like their hair is like jet black, and I'm like, man, you just celebrated your fifty first birthday. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I mean, no gray hair in sight. Like, Mike, I'm not even talking like a strand or a. Str- it's like not even all a strand black, or a strand. All black dreads and how, everything. It's amazing how many of these rappers that are fifty don't have <laughs> any gray hair at all. You know what I'm saying? They not. And so stressing. when you're the artist. When you're the artist, you have to do certain things and compromise yourselves in ways the producer doesn't have to do to stay relevant, even on a physical level. It doesn't even have to associate itself with the music necessarily. Madonna still be out here dressing like she's 40 when she's 70 now. Yeah. Reggie with the super chat says, Mike slash Coop, uh, can you check on that Mav Hoffa uh, Young Guru part one and two? And Tony Yayo interview. They both covered a lot of what you guys talk about talked about recently. Maybe some somebody's listening. I guess I but. saw I saw no I saw some of that interview. I was watching. What did y'all want to cover on that interview specifically? I mean, because this is the thing. One of the things that stood out to me is when he was talking about you know Fifty Cent and Fifty coming and all that, and Fifty's ability to write hooks and you know I didn't I, I mean didn't, I didn't specifically love how he kind of called out uh, Memphis Bleak like I know you don't love me should have been Bleak's hook. It's like who in the rock really has strong hooks, period? Don't just call out bleak. You know what I'm saying? I thought, no, I thought, I thought, I actually thought that was an insightful point. Unfair, but insightful. Yeah. I, I just feel like bleak always gets pulled out of these discussions. You know what right. I mean? Right. It's unfair. No, I get you. That's what I mean about the unfair part of it. Just because, just because it was unfair doesn't mean it wasn't insightful, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again. Because I think he's he's speaking to why aren't you trying as hard? I think like why aren't you digging deep to try to pull something like that out? Because it's right in front of you. Fifty can see it from far away, and so from that level, it is insightful, but it is also unfair. Because you do know, do you think he's um, viewed? He might, I'm not to interrupt you, but I want to get this but, out. Do you think he's viewed by his peers as a recipient of nepotism to a degree? Yes, and like he didn't. I mean, I, I don't believe this, but I've do you feel like close. some of them feel like he didn't have to work for certain things that others did? I saw it up close. I told you when Ja Rule and Bleak came into the record store, this is when both of their first projects came out. They moved when Ja said move, and when Bleak was ready to go, they wasn't with it. Like, Bleak was the one that was trying to go, but Ja wasn't ready to go. They was not busting a move about Bleak. That's it was it cool. was that way back then when I was in high school. Yeah, that's not cool. Uh, so I've seen it. I remember him saying, like, yo, my, he, this is back in the day. He was still wearing the do-rag with the cat back and all that. He was in the record store like that. And I remember him being at the club. And he's like, yo, B, let's get in the van. I'm ready to go. they like, Josh still shopping. You know, <laughs> it's like, because Bleak was nice, man. And I think that even with him yeah, talking about doing enough. the verses, people try to laugh it off. But Bleak would roast somebody in the verses. He's on a lot of great records. Bleak's got a lot of dope stuff. <laughs> he does. Bleak's on love. Yeah, man. Bleak's what you think of that? Yep. 
Even uh, the record with him here, and Ja Rule. Round here. Murder for Life. Yeah. Yep. Murder for Life. Hypnotic with J and Beans. Uh what's the um what get my mom right, money right, ready for war? Yeah, he's he's made some stuff hollow on the Dynasty album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 36 Chambers with the Super Chat says, are there any younger uh, new era producers that rank up there with some of the older legends? Seems like uh, there's a void in quality in producing now. I mean, we got to say Hit Boy has to be somewhere, right? Um, I mean, I would say and Metro I think Metro as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think Hit Mike Boy, Will may. Who? Mike Will. I, I like Mike Will, Will made it, but I don't. He's a I hit maker. He's not an album maker per se. Right. It's yeah. like like he's he's the epitome of a great placement producer to me. And yeah. I mean that like in a great way, but it's like also it's like, well, it's like, did you hear that whole liquid swords thing I just ran down to you? But you know, even Timbaland and Neptunes haven't even done that. You know what I'm saying? Like I think And I don't hold them like and they're not in my top ten, either one of them. Whoa, the disrespect. Not as far as rap producers. <laughs> oh, right. as far as we're talking producers, but we're talking like on some rap shit. It's like, and if they did, they'd be like nine and ten. Yeah, on Think some rap it. stuff, I, I like, put you on that. Like, it's hard to put, put them ahead. You got the Neptunes ahead of Q Tip Mike, because Q Tip would be like eighth or ninth on this list, probably. Yeah, not on a rap level. I can't. Right. Because think about it. Look, level. look, Dre, Yay, RZA, Primo. Pete Rock, Dilla, Q-Tip, DJ Paul. You want me to keep Mike Alchemist? You think Neptune's and Timberland? We had nine. I'm just going off the top of the dome. Yeah, on some rap stuff, that's hard. I don't know to, rap yeah. shit, Mike. Yeah, we're talking about overall, that's a different list. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, and, 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 and Mike, DJ and you're right. And the Neptunes will place higher because the clips. It's true. Period. Uh, Mel with the Super Chat says, uh, Snoop and Dre making a sequel, Doggy Style, called Missionary. I'm interested in seeing how it's going to turn out 40-year anniversary. Nah, man. I Listen, man. I believe it when I see it. How about that? No. Snoop went on Stephen A. Smith's show and confirmed it. I, I believe it when I hear it. Let me speak. Snoop smokes a lot of marijuana for those who were not privy to that fact. You know, listen, it's, this ain't on Snoop. I believe Snoop, but I want to see that Dre is going to make a whole album. I believe that when I hear it. Because these same people have been telling us the detox is coming out for 20 years. True enough. Quality wasn't there. Huh? See, see, that's the difference between Dr. Dre and Kendrick. There we go. There's a difference between the producer and the artist. You see, when the producer makes classic stuff and it's not up to par, the producer doesn't have to come out, and they get to maintain their legendary status. But when you're the artist, Mike, you got to you come take outside. a five year break. You got to come out with something. You got to come it out. It better outside. not be no mid. They have been talking about the detox. You better have all your hair dyed like an old <laughs> nigga supposed to. They were talking about the detox for twenty years, and so people just didn't care anymore. So, but it's Dr. Dre, and has a producer, you can get away with that. Like yeah. if if RZA right now was like. I got some old dirty bastard vocals and we're going to redo Enter the Wu-Tang. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, they also said that Rock Him and would, Dr. We J would literally wait until we got Social Security for that album. I'd be like, is RZA still dropping that? Because it's a producer saying it. The producers <laughs> get to do stuff like that. They don't have to be up in the front. They get to play the back and talk their shit and spit their game and call their click. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I say this respectfully, though. If Dr. Dre said that him and Snoop are dropping an album. Now, then I it might get a little bit out. interested. Huh? It would never come out. 
<laughs> Dr. Dre said that it would never come out though. Like that's like Andre saying that we're getting an Outcast album. Then okay, I might think it's gonna happen. <laughs> like I'll never forget when I went on hiphopsite.com one day and quote from Dr. Dre. I just signed Rakim the Aftermath. The name of the album is going to be called Oh My God, and it's going to be the biggest rap album ever. Man, <laughs> what the fuck ever. Like I said, I believe it when I hear it. Missionary. Right, like if Dr. Dre is saying it, that's when you need to be like, oh, so we're never going to hear that. Snoop says it. It's like, oh, oh, y'all are actually in the studio making music. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know. Michael Sanders with the Super Chat says, Schoolboy Q catalog is better than Kendrick's. What about Schoolboy Q versus Kendrick? um, He says, I think Q would win. What have I been saying about all them bangers Q got? Water with Lil Baby, Gang Gang on Crash Talk, Chopsticks. I like like, um, Crash Talk a lot. I really do. That was an album that I feel like was That's his Southern Fusion rap album. Yeah. Yeah. CJ Kid with the $20 super chat. Appreciate the love. He said, I'm sorry I have to say this. Whenever I hear you guys, especially Coop, speak on Illmatic uh, with the enthusiasm and excitement, all it does is just make me want to listen to it. Ain't hard to tell. And again, over and over and over again. Yeah. Great record. We're going we're gonna to get to that um, Brooklyn and Queens matchup, and we're going to actually take score based on what the score entails right now. I guess we have to cut off the polls. Uh, Mel with another super chat says Bleak lost all his cred when I read the credits for um, Handed Down off of Volume 2, Sean Carter. Mm. And and you know what? And again, you know, those are things that we see as fans in the liner notes and behind the scenes things. So maybe the people who were in the studio with him, Young Guru specifically being the engineer, maybe he's seen a lot of that stuff and that might, you know, might weigh in on how his tone is in some of those interviews um, and how Bleak's name comes up. Uh, CJ Kidd says, speaking of which, is it ain't hard to tell the best closing track on an album ever? Some people will argue and say scenario, but uh, what say both of you guys? You- oh, we're just talking about isolating a song? Uh, you or said the best closeout track. Album. I think the best closeout track to me might be last call off of uh, College Dropout. I've always told you, it's the way that life after death ends in succession and it ends with your nobody till somebody kills I'm you, but that it's everything too. that comes before it, Mike. It goes, the world is filled, my downfall, long kiss, good night, then you're nobody till somebody kills you. You're nobody you till somebody kills you is chilling, man. It's bone. Chilling. Like I think it like is the best closeout record ever. Yeah, it's hard for me to say last call is over. You know, nobody. See, that's what I mean. Like, you. because you know, what, better, like it ain't hard to tell us a better pure rap song than your nobody till somebody kills you. But you're talking about to end the album. Song. Yeah. Like that's what I mean. Is it's like, what are you going for? On what level are we speaking? Because yeah, it ain't hard to tell. It's hard to beat as an album ender. Ender just on like a fundamental like comparing a song to any other song basis because it's like prime Nas rapping like on some rap shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's hard to beat when he's in that space. It's a first but, single that's the last song on the album, basically. You know? Well, I mean, well, he kind of set it up like that on the first two albums. If I rule the world ends, it was written. So that that was intentional. Yeah. What I was gonna yeah. say though. Last call and you're nobody that somebody kills you is literally the beginning and the end. 
And it's like, it depends on what you, what you want to pick in that sense, man. And I think that, man, it's just so chilling and how well he, and how seasoned he was on, you know, nobody to somebody kills you. I think it's probably one of my favorite Biggie songs, period. And that's saying a lot. Because he got think, a lot of songs. How about this? Like and I kind of saw this from the battle. It's like, I don't think people really understand how brilliant that record is. Brilliant. Like, he's flawless on there, Mike. Like, and as an MC, like, how about this? It's like, well, you can accuse Gibbs of a lot of things, but like, just his flow on that record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The way he's just like, man, it's like, Niggas it's like watching Barry. His, like, like, like listening to him flow is like watching Barry Sanders run on Life After Death. It's like it's so fucking. It's like have ball bearings, man. Like no, no joints, ball bearings. I was listening to the radio for whatever reason the other day, and um, Nasty Boy came on. I know you hate that record. I actually like that. I hate record. the record. It's just one of the weakest records he ever did. But I'm listening to it. This dude is snapping. He's nasty. <laughs> I remember we went to Tennessee, then came home. Mad messages was on my phone. Bitch named Simone, scheming, scheming for the semen. Me being the man that I am. Took her to my condo, pronto. Happy and began to call the tanto. Come on, man. A few puffs, eyes got low, and off to the bedroom we go. These are records that you don't like. like this is how yeah, these rappers no, on these the record the you records. don't like. <laughs> <laughs> On it, on it, on it. But I think he was going to go more different. towards where that was. Um, like, Jay, he just thought different, you yeah. know? Jay Short with the Super Chat says, whose hook game was better, Nelly, 50, or Ja? I'm going Nelly, 50, Ja, Network. All great hook guys. Did 50 steal, like, a lot of Ja's hook game, though? He did. This is true. Okay, so, I, so he can't be ahead of Ja, then. But it would probably still be Nelly. Yeah. Nick Miller yeah, with the Super Chat says, Bleak has a bunch of features, and round here, not enough. A lot of the stuff that Bleak would do in the verses would be feature-heavy. Um, and we got Rakasha says, Communion, Shay Noir is a very strong album. Uh, closer. Yeah. It is. Um, what I was going to say, where were we were going on this? I know the Mason puffed back and forth. I don't really want to talk about that too, too much. They'll work it out. Before we get on to this, um, this Brooklyn Queens thing, you mentioned Lauren Hill earlier. And I kind of wanted to transition from there, but I know we were talking about some other stuff. Mm-hmm. The BT Hip Hop Awards is, is uh, getting a lot of scrutiny from uh, Kodak Black because of the song of the year. They gave it to Mulatto over his. His song was, you know, it was a bigger song. It was out longer, more notable. And he felt like there was a lot of uh, quote unquote woman worship going on with the BET Awards. And he's like, I mean, to paraphrase it, don't give somebody the award because they're a woman. Let them earn it. And, you know, same award show where Trina got, you know, the I Am Hip Hop Award, you know, all of those things. And maybe he's seen some things behind the scenes that we're not able to actually see. What I was going to say when you brought up Lauren, and I had a conversation with a friend of mine um, earlier today about the same subject. 
and Lauren's name came up. And I just feel like, and I've said this, we haven't seen a female MC, and I don't know if this is fair or not, that's at Lauren level or anywhere close to it since her. And I don't think it's one of the things that, I don't think that it's a, I ain't trying to listen to female hip hop shit. I think it's a, it's more of a level that we've seen a level like Lauren. And she's ha- like, if you want to talk about in a vacuum, no one's really even close to her from a skill set standpoint. And we can't say that about any of their male counterparts. Like some people like Jay, some like Nas, some like Big, some people will say Cube, some people will say Pac, whatever, whatever. Things are comparable. But I think that she set a bar so high that it really makes it tough for others. It's a it's a Serena issue, I think. No, Serena has comps. She, she does has have comps. She does. Serena has Steffi and Martina. She does. Um, but it, I think, so, I don't think any, I'll put it this way. I don't think anybody ever had any quorums with, I don't want to say supporting Lauren, but nobody was passing up on Lauren's skill. None of that stuff. Have you ever heard somebody be like, man, I ain't listening to that Lauren Hill? You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is absurd. So, like, her being a woman didn't affect her at all. Because she is was absurd. that great. Never heard that once in my life. Yeah. Have you ever heard somebody, like, you putting on Lost Ones, man? Oh, listen to that, man. Turn that off. No, never. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Same never thing with Light and Latifah in them. You know what I mean? I'm gonna play devil's advocate just a little bit and some try no, to no, go ahead, please. Everything that you're speaking about, Lauren Hill, is true. But I could reframe that and work it and tell you, well, shit, most of the men ain't been that good since her either. It's true. That's what I mean. When we're talking, like, <clears throat> she's like a phoenix, Mike. Like, you see that once in your lifetime. Like, she is a MC. Okay. Like, just the MC. She is an MC, the caliber of a Black Thought, a Nas, a Rakim, a Most Def, a Andre. Like, whoever your favorite rapper is, she is just as skilled and good on the microphone as they are. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. Yeah. That album so gave she is us the one, everything. She, she is the one of one of all one of ones because... After saying that, Mike, well, she sings better than most of the women sing, too. So what the fuck are you going to do with that? Well, she raps better than 98% of the guys and sings better than 95% of the girls. She's the phoenix, Mike. And so so putting anything in a comp with her isn't fair to anybody. It's not. She doesn't have a comp. That is where she is incomparable. She does not have a comp. Like, like, like her gifts are as such that if had she made music, she should be getting mentioned with Prince and Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder. That's who she really is. Right. Like, that's her comp in terms of talent and gifts. So she's somewhere no female rappers have ever been and probably not going. We need to accept that shit. That's why it hurts so bad that she didn't make material, Mike. Yeah, she's a one-on-one. Um, she's, well, she's the one-on-one of all the one-on-ones. Well, many people, I guess... People from a certain generation only saw Nikki basically dominate from a mainstream standpoint, right? And so let's just use Nikki as an example. 
does Nikki have a blueprint? You know, no pun intended. I know she made the pink print. But I'm a, I'm just going to name albums that came out after Lauren, right? Do we have a Get Rich or Die Trying? Do we have a blueprint? Do we have a, a It's Dark and Hell is Hot? You know, on that side of things. Do we have a good kid, Mad City? And if we don't, why not? You know what I'm saying? What, from Lauren? No, from women in hip-hop, period. From a mainstream oh. standpoint. What do we need for that? Okay, so, like, let's let's just briefly, like, go into... Well, what would it take for that to happen? I, that's my question. And it's like, I don't know. Uh, like, like, I've always told you, like, Funk and Defied and Hardcore were probably the closest thing to me that I felt like got got acceptance from the males and you could still ride to it. Because I think for the guys, I, this is what I mean about it's such a funny thing, because uh, when you're dealing with hip hop, you're dealing with men and their egos. Well, I think I... And there's I think, always been this. There's always been this thing about rap being about machismo, and how tough are you riding around listening to a female spit? Well, I would and, like to, you know, I would like for the ladies in here to chime in as well because you know I think that you know women listen to the blueprint. They listen to get rich or die trying and all that stuff too. <laughs> what do y'all think about you know how comparable some of this stuff is? Uh, CJ Kid with super chat says. Uh, I'm just speaking of the last track on the album, um, regardless of if it was a part of the concept or just a pure song. So, uh, so, so, so far as it ain't hard to tell, Last Call, uh, Long Kiss Goodnight have been mentioned. Uh, what about Scenario? Um, it was, you nobody that somebody kills you. Scenario is a great closer, too. Uh, Jay Short says... You got to keep that BK versus Queens poll open. <laughs> okay. We'll see. Mad Max is in the building. Must be losing. He says, um, look the way the girls, uh, look the way the girls go crazy still for Nikki with her attitude issues. I can't say there's been no female MC since not close to Lauren Hill. So again, Mad Max is younger. He thinks that, you know what I'm saying? Nikki has reached that plateau. Our man with the super chat says, peace. Are y'all going to, um, Review Carmega's Realist 2. Solid album. His song Glorious with Nods is a top 10 song of the year. We are going to talk about that album. CJ Kid mm-hmm. says, who will win in a uh, versus with the Roots and Fuji's matchup? Uh, maybe you guys can do that. The Roots got way too much material for the Fuji's, in my opinion. Uh, Matt Correct. Max says, um, you can't tell no, um, no Nicki fan who is basically in my generation that Pink Friday isn't a classic. On the level of those albums, Mike, they'll tell you that it's better than Illmatic. Like, <laughs> ah, okay. So, all right, let's do this. You made a list. You you have made this list. Top fifty hip hop albums of all time. How far are we gonna get before we get to a female rap album? Hmm. I mean, I'm just trying to keep everything balanced. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, I get it. That's why some people try to slide the miseducation of Lauren Hill in there because had she rapped for about half of that album, you would probably have it somewhere in like you know the the seven to fifteen range. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what I mean. Like her not doing that kind of like set this a certain type of way. I think from I a think- mainstream standpoint, it was on Nicki to make that album, not miseducation, but that album that ranks high. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause does Nicki have a better album than the Carter Three? 
Um, I mean, it's hardcore probably, Mike. Hardcore would probably be the one that would rank first. I'm with that. And, and I would tell you that it probably wouldn't crack the top 40, definitely. Yeah. And so I think somewhere between 40 to 65, you could drop hardcore in there somewhere. And the, there's enough of the music impact, singles, bar work, classics there. Because it has it has what great rap albums should have. Well, she can rap her ass off. Kim has always been a great rapper to me. Like always. Like Lil' Kim's always been a dope MC. Somebody mentioned oh. something that I think probably set off a generation as well. People saw that Rolling Stone put Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy at number 16. They saw that they put they saw that they put Missy Elliott's um what was it? It was it wasn't even Missy's best album. It was like Miss E So Addictive at like Miss number Missy eight. So addictive. And see that type of stuff, I hate to say it like this, but it doesn't it doesn't further you know, women in hip hop. It makes it look like for some people that you're you're giving those spots away. You know what I'm saying? Unearned, unfortunate. No, I think I just don't think that the Missy Timberland thing is rap or hip hop. I told you, it's just it's his own Missy thing, Mike. I, I love, love Missy, Missy but it's like I bought. You know, I literally put my money down and bought those albums. Those albums ain't top fifty hip hop albums of all time. None of them. And, right, like Super and, Duper Fly. Like, how can you like how can you put Super Duper Fly next to something like Black on both sides? Exactly, and I think that the closest. I think that if we had to rank one of her albums, I guess is the highest. I would say Under Construction is the closest to oh, really? a hip hop classic. That because it's a very it's a very hip hop oriented album. It's a rap. Yeah, album, it's a rap yeah. album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's singing she's on rapping there. Rapping on there, and the melodies but, are rap driven. Right, and she made it a point to be a rapper on that album. Work it she was did. a huge record, even though we don't really hear it as much anymore. At the time, work it was huge. It was everywhere. Yeah. CJ Kid with the super chat says, "Coop, um, you had to mic your album. How many mics are you giving your album?" That's a conflict of interest. It is. I'll tell you what. I felt like the one that I didn't release, that I've dropped a track or two of, like pieces of, like I felt like that was a four and a half. I knew it was at least a four and a half when I made it, and I'll stand by that. Yeah, I'll stand by that music. So the one that people haven't heard was a four and a half, in my opinion. Mad Max of the Super Chat says, Kodak, um, though, was right, by the way. Uh, who played that lotto record? Even he said uh, Glorilla should have gotten that if his record did. Well, okay. See, now here's the thing. He's not just talking up the side of his neck. He's providing some evidence. He's going to the biggest anthem of this past summer. Like this summer that just like is literally ending. Well, mm-hmm. FNF was the biggest banger, period. Right. Like period. Like male or female. Yeah. And so it's not like... You there, Coop? Kind of pause for a second. Let me go to these super chats. CJ, yeah, yeah, I see you now. You back. You said it's not like he's talking out the side of his neck. He's not talking out the side of his neck from the perspective that he's providing you with some context about what he feels like maybe should have been chosen if he wasn't chosen. And there's some validity to the statement. 
I feel like Man. I feel like BET probably I hate to say it like this. They probably promised him that award. Um for him to be this upset about that. You know, cuz the thing is, let's just be real here. Artists aren't showing up to these award shows to not win. They're not showing up to perform and get you ratings when they can go out there and perform and go get some money to not win an award. So they have to tell them something to get them there. And I think he was probably told that he was going to win that. Maybe not by them directly, but maybe somebody on his team, whatever, whatever. No, and I understand that, and I respect that. Um, Like, that does not mean that the vitriol has to be aimed at Lotto, for one. And also, too, what is she supposed to do? Because it's like, is she supposed to give the award back? Mm -mm. So, you know... Mm. <laughs> CJ Kid says, uh, "If Illmatic was the best, uh, where does it was written rank in an all-time list? Where did you have it was written on an all-time list? I think I had it somewhere in late twenties, early thirties. Oh wow! Uh, NDU Jam says, uh, my favorite rappers of all time is one Lauryn Hill, two Most Def, three Biggie, four J, five Nas. Unknown well, I- Name says, problem with female rap isn't ma- uh, machismo, but the content the same way most hip-hop fans can't relate to M's content. The average hip-hop fan can't relate to the content of most albums. Il Nana was the last. Yeah, she had stuff on there like The Promise with Havoc. Once again, Havoc showing up and making the best song on somebody's album. Told you he's notorious for that stuff, but... Jay Short says, I think Eve had the depth, skills, street cred, and crossover appeal to be the GOAT female MC. Not technically as good as Lauren Hill, but she was just but just as popular. I agree with that. I've always she said She wasn't as popular. That's absurd. Stop doing that. No, he said he said just as popular, yeah. I think well, I've always said that I feel yes. like I think Eve could have been the prototype of the modern female MC on a mainstream yes. level. She can How make the this? hit. She wasn't oversexed. She had substance. She can make a hit record like Love is Blind with depth, in-depth uh, subject matter in that way. And this is a dope record. It might be one of the best storytelling records from a female MC. I would say her, you know, that and Poor Georgie. I was actually saying that's actually the modern day Poor Georgie. Yeah. Um, get out my head. <laughs> but here's what I would tell you what she really is what Eve is Eve was the prototype she was a modern day prototype remember how we used to have the prototype cars yeah and you're like oh that's how a car should look and should be it's like for all of us that heard her saw her the way she carried it her ability to to, to straddle the sexy in the street yep you know what I'm saying very much like how Biggie straddled the hit making and the street record making you yep. know what I mean and so, no, she was the prototype because here was what it was. Like, she was super, super beautiful, but the bar work was there. Yeah. The songwriting was there. And so you had no reason not to buy in on all the of it. The content was there, to too. The content was there. And I, I'm going to say this. And I love Foxy and Kim, and they made some very impactful records. They don't have content They like don't Eve. have the content that Eve had. No. At least they no, didn't display it. You know what I'm saying? And Eve put it in It would have been a wonderful transition from their era. Like, to go from Lil' Kim and Foxy, like, into Eve is kind of how it should have gone. And it kind of did. It was just super brief. Like, I think, again, we, we talk about Hollywood taking artists. I mean, Eve ended up getting a sitcom, and it was over. 
And and didn't she get like she had her own clothing line or like fashion line for a minute too, right? I don't remember that, but I remember the sitcom. And I remember her acting, her being in barbershop. It was like uh, No, she had a clothing line too, Mike. She, she probably did. Or something like that. Yeah, I feel like she did. Uh CJ Kid with the Super Chat says, uh, where does the Nas demo with understanding deja vu, etc., ranking Nas's discography as a body of work? Hopefully you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. I mean, he has an unreleased catalog that's unparalleled. And you know what? Did you like his feature on uh, Cormega's album today? I really enjoyed it, but not to the level that everybody else did. It made me think that I need to hear it again. He sounds good. I mean, he, I mean, you heard the run. I don't know. You want to know what? <clears throat> this is what I mean. Is it's like I thought it's just like magic. Yeah, so it's like you heard the way he was rapping on magic, though, right? So it's like. I'm like, okay. It's like, no, no, no. That was good. That was great. It's a dope verse. You it's know like, what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> it's like 96. You heard, how rapping, you heard how he's rapping on Magic, though, right? It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like 96 all over again. Like, our expectations for Nas are like, right. you know, it's like, it's like 86 Jordan. It's like, did you, did you see him just, like, go get, like, 50 points <laughs> on, like, 22 shots and didn't take a three? It's like, did you just see that? Mad Max with the Super Chat says, well... <laughs> Kodak and Lotto also got a beef. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they got some bad blood going on. Why? From what? Um, Not to get too gossipy, you know, when she did that interview, I think it was before her album, she made a comment about a rapper, um, I guess, wanting her to fuck for a feature or something. And she didn't say the rapper's name, but everybody assumed it was him. And he said it wasn't, and you know what I'm saying? And I guess she never cleared that up, and that's kind of where all that started. Oh, so he big man. Yeah, you know, so. And then, the, that's, I mean, that's why he called her Mutt and not Mulatto. So, you know, that's that's coming from a different place. Now, that part of it, I, you know, would never co-sign, but... On another note, it's just, it just doesn't look good when a man is like like arguing with a female. No, nah, it doesn't. It never does. It never works for the man. You're never gonna win that. Y'all want to go to this Brooklyn uh, Queens matchup? Let's go to this Brooklyn Queens matchup, and I want to see what the score is like because I ain't seen the score since honestly since we did it. So oh, really? let me get Brooklyn over here. I'm about to get my pen and paper. We're gonna tally this thing up. Queens. And shout out to the people that be doing our uh, trivia nights on Thursday, man. Y'all be getting all the answers. We we got something uh, in store, too, man. I think we're going to get this game show together, and I want to get some of the people who are getting all these answers and really get this thing popping. Because now that we know people can get answers to these, they can give answers to these questions, we're going to have y'all go like head to head, like on some live game show Jeopardy type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, round one. I played Rock the Bells, and you came back with Brooklyn Zoo. Rock the Bells is winning by 59%. It has 59% of the vote, 59% to 41%. Okay. Then round two, I came with Keep It Thorough, and that's beating Brooklyn's finest 75%, well, 76% to 24%. So Brooklyn Zoo and Brooklyn's Finest are down. Okay. Ooh, this one changed. Electric Relaxation is beating the Benjamins. 53% to, <laughs> to 47%. 
We got too many Nas fans from Queens in here. We got too many people in Queens. It ain't hard to tell. It's beating the symphony 90% to 10%. It's too much Queens going on. Hold on. Let me make sure I ain't missing any super chats. I want to make sure this is on hold. Okay. All right. Okay. I don't think Rock the Bells is better than Brooklyn Zoo. I don't. That one's tough for me, man. Cause and yeah. I don't think and I don't think um, electric relaxation is better than Kim and Big on the Benjamins. The Benjamins is a monster record. That's what I mean. Like, electric relaxation is like, a like great electric, record too. Electric relaxation is a classic. Yeah, like all about the Benjamins is one of the biggest hip hop records ever. It Mike. might be the Not best like of this era, like. Period. Like they still play it at basketball games, football games, in stadiums. People still go buck wild when it gets played in clubs. Like they still play it in clubs. Yeah, when you say that, the part that I play gets played. Like the part where it breaks down, what y'all want to do, and it goes into Kim's part. That's the part that gets played is Kim and Big's part. I listen. I can't argue that. No, all no, about I'm just the saying, it just feels like you understand. That's why when I saw it, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> We're four songs in, and Queens is one every track. You sure this isn't Queens biased a little bit? Okay, I'm just saying, keep going. All right, then I played Lost Boys, Lex Coop's Beamers in the Bins, and then Coop came with Who Got the Props? Who Got the Props is winning seventy four percent to twenty six percent. Whoo! And then you got Shimmy Shimmy over Renee, seventy percent. I'm sorry, uh, 68% to 32%. And there's something in there. Um, Quiet Storm Beat Come Clean, 82% to 18%. Ten Crack Commandments is killing I Shot Your Remix, um, 79% to 21%. So we're right now, it's three to five. I don't like how this started. It started off four to zero. <laughs> and I lost Brooklyn's Finest and Brooklyn Zoo. Hold on. Y'all think Keep It Thorough's better than Brooklyn's Finest? No, I think that is. Yeah. The beat's better, Mike. Big and Jay doing a back and forth. You think it's Prodigy like on a solo record is bigger and better than the first time Big and Jay <laughs> got on record and did a back and forth on one of rap's great rap albums? I'm taking the moment out of it and I'm just going with the song. I Mike, would rather the play. Keep is it better thorough. on Brooklyn's finest, nigga. Please, like short sleeves, I bare arms, <clears throat> sprinkle coke on the floor, make it drug related. Yeah, time to separate the pearls from the con. The butter soft shit from that leather on the fonts. After I played, I shot your remix. I knew I lost that round, and I was thinking, damn, I should have played Nas's like. And then you played a million and one, and then I was like, well, now I can play Nas's like. Nas's like is beating a million and one. Uh, 79 I've been saying, I think people want to see me lose. That's totally biased that those first four records went that way. That's either too much Queens or people like want to see Coop lose. They're like, let's make sure we get Coop some losses in to start off. Like, for real, like all jokes aside, like, you really think that? Like, electric relaxation and keep it thorough? I love Prodigy more than you do, Mike. It's just not the case with Brooklyn's Finest. It's just not the case. We should put a, a, a poll out there on the main, you know what I'm saying, YouTube If you channel. put it out on the main, Brooklyn's Finest is going to destroy Keep It Thorough. That's what hmm. I'm saying. It's going to be like 80 to 20. Okay, I'll do it. Um, everything <sighs> Remains Raw lost to Scenario. Um, Dead Presidents 2 beat Made You Look. That one's 53% to 
Though it's close like it should be. Um, Let's see where we're at next. Mama said knock you out is beating warning. That one was going back and forth. How much? What's, the, what's it looking like? It's 55% to uh, 45%. Okay. Um, let's see. PSA is killing down with the king. 93% to... Sorry, 92% to 8%. Yeah, that wasn't even close. One more chance remix. Beat Jazz. Of course. Uh, 79% to 21%. I mean, even with all that being said, Coop, it's only eight to six. In it's the ridiculous club, what's going on. <laughs> in the club, beat your nobody to somebody kills you. This is ridiculous what's going on. No, that's fine. I'm cool with the end of the Why club. Why are people but... hating on Coop, man? Ain't no half-stepping beat um, jingling, baby. That's 60% to 40%. Oh, that's fascinating. I thought that might have been one of the... I thought that made you look in dead presidents was going to be the closest votes. Hmm. Man, shook ones beat you don't know. Ninety-six percent really? to four percent. Ninety-six percent. Good lord. <laughs> and that's my favorite Jay-Z record. Award tour beat put your hands on my eyes to see. 76% to 24%. Mm-hmm. Um Damn, New York State of Mind beat Juicy. 81% to 19%. That should be closer than that. Oh, hold on, tally up right now. Where are we at? We're at, we're twelve to seven right now. Do you think Queens is that much better than Brooklyn, Mike? I don't. I don't. Um, okay. So I, so I'm so here's what we I'm got to find a better no, no, no. system. We might we might have some biasness going on, so we're gonna have to take this poll outside. Of yeah, here we're gonna see have how to biased our people are because it's twelve to seven right now. Okay. And this I'm is what, so now. Now do I look like I'm tripping about how these verses are going? Because this is going the same way the other <laughs> verses has been going. Same, similar scores. Okay? All right. We got okay. Who Shot You Losing to The World Is Yours. The uh, World Is Yours has 73% and Who Shot You has 27%. <sighs> and then Annie Up Beats Around The Way Girl. Uh, 64% to 36%. Mike, Sorry. this is the widest gap. Between the verses, we have some biases going on. We're just gonna have to take it outside and address it. I'm gonna see what people say in the comments right now, and I, I kind of I agree with you. I think that we need to kind of do our due diligence and take some of these polls outside of the, you know, Patreon. I don't want to overstep the the loyal people of Patreon, but I want to see some. Mad Max says all about the Benjamins uh, is better. The chat definitely biased, or they hate Coop. Y'all want to see? Like, how about both? How about CJ, both? <laughs> CJ Kidd says, if Talib and Yassine Bey threw darts at you guys lyrically, uh, would you guys pick up a pen again and continue to respond or continue to respond through the show? I mean, would anybody be able to have access to their disc records? <laughs> that would... I guess it all depends on what outlet the records come out on. I don't know. Uh, 007 says, hey, Coop, Queens ninjas run you ninjas. Ask Russell That's Simmons. That's Russell Simmons. Yeah. R-O-C. I thought about playing the takeover. <laughs> that would have been cool. Um, yeah. yeah, man, some of these are... Okay, let's go through the ones that we should put out there on the main stage. I yeah, think, let's run them down. I think that um, 
who shot you in the world is yours? Definitely. Okay. No, let's start at the top. Okay. I'm just at the bottom of the pole. Okay. Uh, you want to put Rock the Bells in Brooklyn Zoo out there? I do. All right. And keep it thorough in Brooklyn's finest? Definitely. Okay. Like, definitely. Like, 100%. All right. All right. And I think the electric relaxation when you want to do too. Electric and all about the Benjamins? Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take it outside the bias of the chat. You want to do it ain't hard to tell in the symphony or no need? No, no, you can have it ain't hard to tell over the symphony. Uh, let's see. Quiet storm and come clean? No? No. No. A million and one and Nas is like. Who won that? You won that with Nas is like? Yeah. What was the vote like? It was 79 to... Take it out. To 21. Yeah. That's that's prime J over Primo, and that's prime Nas over Primo. It ain't no fucking 80 20, and I'm the Nas fan of the two. This is absurd. This is absurd <laughs> that I'm taking up for Jay Z's a million and one questions versus Nas's. Like, it's 80 to 20. That's bias, Mike. Like, Jay's way better than that. Mama like, said, knock you out and warn That's a million and one questions rhyme no more. You understand that, right? Yeah. Mama like said, knock you out prime, of Like, prime, prime MCJ. Like, no, that's not an 80-20 fight. 98 Primo remix, and ain't nothing different. I don't know what the hell niggas been sniffing. Chicken still dipping. Chrome's on the whip. Four days out the week, find me in the kitchen. Still in the game, nigga, hook like glue. I like the beat for a million and one better. I think that's actually one of my favorite premiere beats. That shit crazy. Actually, <laughs> I do think the beat might be slightly better in, in rhyme-wise... Not Nas or Nas is like, but flow wise and delivery wise, like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, what do you want MC to do? What about Mama said knock you out of Warner? Yeah, put that up. Okay. The 5545 is fair, but put it up. Because Biggie didn't win any records. Think about it. I'm playing Biggie records. These Biggie records ain't winning. Y'all just acting like <coughs> I'm supposed to play more money, more problems up in this bitch or something. <laughs> one more chance, one. Um, in the club, won that one. You don't have a problem with you don't know losing the Shook Ones part two. Then. I don't. Okay. Um, what about Juicy in um, New York City? Put it up. Put it up. <laughs> okay. Juicy in New York State of Mind, and then we got Who Shot You in the World is Yours, right? Right. All right, so what I got right here. Didn't you win all those records? Think about that. I did win all those records. Think about that, Mike. No, I don't think so. That's straight. And some of that is just a straight up Nas bias because like literally Nas is winning all these records no matter what we're picking. It's like that Nas New York State of Mind, that's the record. Nas The World Is Yours, that's the record. Nas It Ain't Hard To Tell, that's the record. It's like, oh, for real? <laughs> Jay Short says, at this point, folks just like seeing Coop lose. Uh, right, Willow that's what West. I'm saying. People are being funny and like, you know, no, no, no. But I mean, we're really we like, trying to audit it properly, here. and like, so people yeah. got like, like, how about this? This is what I mean. Taking my biases out of it. If you feel like Nas is like is better than a million and one questions, it's like, no, that's fine. But when you're telling me it's eighty to twenty, it's like, no, y'all tripping. That's more like a fifty-three, forty-seven, forty-nine, fifty-one. That ain't no blowout by Nas. 
Willow Weston says, uh, Mike, no get Richard Atron tracks in the club. Many men. I put in the club in there. Many men. In the club. I told you many men might have been your only misstep that I heard. I didn't have a place to play. Well, maybe I did. I wanted to play it, but I, I didn't feel like I had a place to play it where I would have won. 36 Chambers says, these verses are actually close, but Coop has been getting the side every time uh, with hard-hitting records. But Mike has been getting the classic hip-hop stuff. I mean, that's one, this one was close. I, I thought that this was going to go your way, to be honest. Uh, relaxation is better than Benjamin's Coop. Eric Terrell with the Super Chat, that is. Uh, CJ Kidd says, Nobody I excel, the prevail, the, Mac, the mic is con <laughs> contact, I track clientele. Finish it, Coop, with the whole verse. <laughs> CJ Kidd likes to hear you rap. Uh, Mad Max says, Nas is like, it's far better, Coop. Freedom of jail, clips inserted, a baby being born, same time a man is murdered, the beginning and end. Nas most iconic line. Eric Terrell says, plus. First of all, that's not his most iconic line. Stop <laughs> showing your age. <laughs> Eric Terrell says, plus, you lucky Mike didn't play Memory Lane. I don't know if I would have won that, but I mean, that would have been. No, apparently you would have, because like every Nas record, like I had to play Dead President 2 to beat a Nas record. It's like so I got to play Jay's best <laughs> lyrical performance, arguably, to beat a Nas record. Now, well, the Nas records that like, I chose, the Nas records that made my cut were. It ain't hard to tell. Made you look. Yep. The world is yours. In New York State, am I? Those are tough right. for anybody to be. Mike, I played Who Shot You. I played A Million and One Questions. Stop acting like I played regular records. Oh, no, I know you didn't. There aren't no regular records on here. Uh, Jay Short says, uh, the minority here, but I think Brooklyn's Finest is overrated. Uh, it's like a 96 black Republican. All hype. And mid performance from great MCs. I didn't like the beat to Brooklyn's Finest. And you know, I love Oh no, you got the beat. The beat's better on um Yeah. But it's I like Keep It Thorough, man. Keep It Thorough's iconic. No, I love Keep It Thorough. I love P. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay, so we'll put up this is what I got right here. I got Rock the Bells, Brooklyn Zoo. I got Keep It Thorough and uh Brooklyn's Finest. Electric Relaxation, All About the Benjamins, A Million and One, Nas is Like, Mama Said Knock You Out, Warning, Juicy, and uh, New York State of Mind, uh, Who Shot You, The World Is Yours. I'll say this. I think that out of these, in my prediction, when we go to the masses, I think that All About the Benjamins may be Electric Relaxation. I think that there's a chance that Warning could beat Mama Said Knock You Out, even though I might not agree with that. I don't necessarily... How about this, Mike? I wouldn't necessarily agree with it either, but that doesn't mean that it wouldn't happen. All right. All right. Uh, I think Juicy will probably beat New York State of Mind on the, on the grand stage. That's what I mean, Mike. That, how, how about this? This is what I'm saying. This is where I start feeling like it's like, well, is this a coop thing? It's like when I play New York State of Mind, like hardcore records versus your hits, your hits always win. But when you play the hardcore stuff versus my hits and it don't get too much bigger than Juicy Mike. <laughs> think about that. Maybe I should have taken Brooklyn just to fuck people's heads up. You going to go against Nas or you going to go 
<laughs> you gonna go on Coop's team? No, no, no. I'm just saying these numbers keep kind of coming out frighteningly the same. And even how they start off is like starting off frighteningly the same, like with you winning all the early. I don't know. Uh, Rock and Shaw says, happy birthday, Coop. I think we share the same born day, October 2nd. Just wanted to show some love after getting uh, waxed on your Queens versus Brooklyn. (laughs) Appreciate it. Eric Terrell says, "Uh, it's not Nas. You can't win with a pop disc. It's not Nas. You can't win with a pock disc. Are you talking about who shot you? That's uh, not a pock disc. They got recorded before that happened. I'm tired of people saying that. It, but see this, I feel I recorded you. before it happened. That's but it. the way, like, it, but the way it was put out appears to be that bad timing. Bad timing. The timing is awful. Yeah, the media coverage was worse. Let's just be like, real though. Not Coop. a disc record because it got recorded before that happened. Come on, Coop. Let's be real though. They were feeding into this East Coast, West Coast narrative and they understood what that song says. They understood who got shot. It was just bad overall. It was marketing, unfortunately. I just want to act like it didn't. The Raising Head with the Super Chat says, it's both song- if both songs were by unknown artists, keep it thorough. Okay, I feel the same way. Like, just not putting the name on the record or whatever. You give me a blank record. I don't know any of these people from anybody. Keep it thorough. 007 says, uh, screw the commercial impact. Redo the verses with the gritty street rap. Uh, when, you, when you got half halfway thugs, silent murder, and frontline, that you could pull out on Brooklyn. It's trouble. All in all, great selection. Listen, speaking of marketing, though, you see that um, Yasin Bey is out here wearing a white Lives with the V taken out matter shirt. And uh, Talib posted it. You know, he had three black fists up, says Black Star keep shining, tagging Black Star in the, in the post. And reposted from Yasin. What do you think about this? That's what I be talking about, Mike. It's funny, man. I was just talking again to somebody yesterday, and I was, uh, I was, I was actually reading some of the comments from you guys, and I think it was Dumb It Down and others. They were saying that our takes on Black Star was some slander, and no, it's not slander. Well, you know what? I think that the void in this project and obviously the way they released it, the problem is the lack of marketing, right? And when I say lack of marketing, I'm talking about we're not seeing guys perform these records. We're not seeing guys out here, like you said, put out a single. You know, Dave Chappelle goes out there and does the most renowned uh, performances and concerts out here. They're not jumping on stage doing any of these records there. You know what I'm saying? Like, the infamous and the just famous car ride with most death and and Dave is in the driver's seat that they did on the Chappelle show, if they did something like that with any of these records, viral moment. You still have to do marketing, right? And so, with all that being said, I was having that conversation with somebody yesterday. I looked on, on Yassim's um, Instagram because he don't really do social media like that. Last time he posted was like June 16th. And it was about a concert they were doing in Denver. And I'm like, okay, you have to 
let people be aware that your product is out there. And then this post comes the next day. This is marketing. But, you know, I guess because of who it is, we're not going to call it cloud chasing. So I'm cool with, I mean, because, come on, let's keep it real cool. Black Stars page is tagged in this. Yassim's tagged in this. It's marketing. They're, they're taking a, a relevant topic, redoing it, and, you know, taking out the V so it says white lies matter. And I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of viewed this as marketing. Marketing that they haven't done for the project pretty much the whole time. But it's also some bullshit. I mean... Right. It's also <laughs> that, too. It is. How about that? It like, is. Like, just straight up and down. I don't know how to say it, but it's also some bullshit, too. Elaborate, this, sir. I mean, I agree with you, but elaborate. I mean, first of all, telling you, man, this is what I mean. <clears throat> when you invest into a rapper or an MC based on their intelligence, Keep telling you, it doesn't matter if they speak and sound intelligent, conjugate their verbs properly, you know, speak proper English to you over the rap beat. You know what I mean? Right. No, that doesn't mean anything if it's not applicable. Or applied personally. Oh, they don't be living none of that shit they be talking about. I told you, Mike, they, like, how about this? Like, those guys are living more of a lie than the street guys are. Mm. At least the street guys that have been tied to it are speaking about something that they were once tied to. These guys aren't, they don't have an anchor. It's just existential thought. It's uh, it's Emerson and Thoreau. It's sitting under a tree and smoking a joint and pon pontificating about what life could be. No, fuck all that. <laughs> <laughs> There's real things going on out here with real people. It is. You know, and this is what I was going back to about a couple things when I said that they were out of touch. There you go. You want some evidence that they out of touch? There you mm. go. You want some evidence chambers. that they be holier than now and talking down? There you go. 36 Chambers says, uh, do some songs, uh, uh, do some songs hit different in a versus because we tend to judge them based on how, they're, how they've aged. Uh, some were way harder in their time than now. I mean, I come across that all the time. Uh, I was telling somebody today, I was like, when I play Love You Better, um, did I play Love You? Yeah, I think I played Love I played some record. and No, that was in the Neptune one. When I played Love You Better, I was like, man, this sounded better in my head than it actually did once this was being played. Same thing with Southern Hospitality. Well, it happens uh, sometimes. Jay Short says, all great fights deserve a rematch. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Uncle Fran with the Super Chat says, Coop, uh, how the hell you be losing from all of this MCs from the hill? <laughs> Sorry, Coop. This is a Queens crowd, and me and Leroy don't have more burner accounts for the polls. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, 901 Memphis says, did you guys hear the Cormega featuring Nas Glorious? Yes, we yes. did. Thought it was dope. Um, we'll speak okay. about it briefly. Well, I'm going to say this before we move on because, you know, I kind of got to cut it short today. But yeah, I know. what I was going to say is 
when you say white lives matter or white lies matter, who do they matter to? Like, hold on. <laughs> Explain to me, because you haven't been talking about any of this before. It's Don't just pop up with the shirt. Give me, like, at least Ye will send you a whole bunch of random tweets about what he's thinking and what he's feeling. Give me something to back this up that shows me that this just isn't a clout chase. You know what this is a like? Vibe, a vibe for attention. This is like the Kendrick stuff. It'll put out abstract, crazy shit and never explain it. I'm going to have a crown of thorns. But, you know, use your own interpretation on it. It's kind of how it goes. All right. On to the next. <laughs> you want to talk Just about saying, this uh, this Cormega real quick? I want to talk about the Cormega and the uh, Uncle Few right quick if we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's start with the Cormega. What did you think about it? It was a really nice album. I really enjoyed it. I did too. Um, it was, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, man, it was good hearing him and Nas together. And, um, you know, like we were just saying, Nas just sounds really good. It does. I mean, sounds like the GOAT because he is the GOAT. And that's okay. Um, the album is very well put together. It gave me, um, not as good as, it gave me some Door Die 2 type of vibes. It was like a grown-up perspective, street hustler perspective, like toned down, calm town. Like, uh, has relaxed the delivery some like AZ has. And so, like, feels a little bit more effortless. The beat selection, much like Door Die 2, was wonderful. And so I was just thinking, it's like, man, look at the firm, like the original firm making all this quality music. Like, you know, like late, like not just Nas, like Megan, AZ too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm loving these part twos that guys are coming with. And, um... You know, I guess yeah, like I love the rock. first realness. So this yeah. was like this. This was a nice and an appropriate follow up, kind of like how like um, you know, well, the purple tape two could never be the original purple tape. So I don't think it's good as the original realness, but it's like oh, a, a, a definite appropriate and yeah. dope follow up. Yeah. Because what are the sequels we got? I mean, I don't really want to count KD two. That don't really count. But we got um, only built for Cuban links two. You got Doa die two, and we got this. I mean. I love it. And we're not going to count the Blueprint 2 either, Leroy. That was kind of a, you know, they had more than just, you know, a part two. They had a part three. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we can probably adequately rate this on our Wednesday show, maybe. Um, and I think on Wednesday, we might need to go through a bunch of ratings and just, you know, kind of get get things placed and, you know, continue to make I sure do, that we got things I do, because here's right. the thing. When we're because making Monday, this, this- Monday, we're going to do that thing that I don't want to talk about on air because I don't want, you know, blockers to be out there. So yeah. on Monday, we're going to, uh, we're going to really talk about some of the best albums. Um, I mean, on Patreon and we're going to actually play the evidence and stuff, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You can just kind of keep going. I'm cool. Yeah. So I think we should do that thing <laughs> on my, on Monday's Patreon. Uh- and I think we should we'll, too. Yeah, because it's um, time. It's time because you know we got to see what the real is. We do. Um, you know, one thing that I kind of want to happen this year, just for our organization purposes, is you know we're in October now, mm-hmm. and I realize it's just like no, we need to get all of our ratings in order because it's officially time to start like Compiling. ranking albums in order for our list. 
so that we can like start compiling them. I started going back and listening to some albums. Like I've gone back recently, listened to Tana Talk Four, uh, Dreamville, Earth Gang. Like I'm going back through the stuff that we've rated and listening again to see what's holding and if we need to change some things because we're kind of start. It's time to start lining it up because there's not much left and. And we definitely not wait until December 24th. No. Like we did last year for a cutoff day. Magic threw us off, man. Messed up my life. Messed up the first, <laughs> it messed up the first part of this year, just time-wise for us, yeah. Mike. We were like, and so, like, because you and me were so hyped. We're like, yeah, we're going to put this yearbook out in January. We're going to do, 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 Magic, it's like, yeah, March, April. It's like, okay, thanks, Magic. Thanks. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Hopefully we don't get... A classic. Hopefully, we don't get KD three on December twenty fourth this year. It could. No. It could happen. Do you think we're gonna get KD three by the end of the year? I'm probably like. If we didn't, I, was, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, last year. I mean, first of all, he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> but he did say. On Ugly, KD3 on the way. This just to feed the buzz. So I think it's coming out within the calendar year. And so I'm going to say, matter of fact, Mike, I'll give you my, I'll give you my, what I think the release date's going to be. Because this is a Friday. So boom, not this one. But NDU Jam says, I really like it when Coop is proven right. Raekwon is featured on Soul Soul separately and Cheat Codes. Hello. I don't think it's anybody who's featured on more classic albums than Raekwon. Hello, but think about it. Black Thought and Freddie Gibbs rhyme next to who? Right. You want to know what I thought about the other day? I had Raekwon's on a Quimini. <laughs> He's on a Quimini. <laughs> Hold on, Mike. KD3 is coming out on 11-11-2-2. Think so? 11-11-22. Okay. Was that a that'd Friday? Be, that'd be, that is a Friday, and that'd be 44-4s. All right. <laughs> ah. Let's go. Ah, let's go. Hmm. 11-11-22 be KD3's release. Uh, one more, you know, since we talk Jay and Nas so much. Uh, we actually Nas, haven't been lately. It's been great. It's been refreshing. Is Nas in the um, featured artist of the year running? Or is that still J. Cole? For some people, it'll still be Jay-Z with just one verse. You just do one long verse and you're the best featured artist all year. But do you think Nas is in the running for that? Still cold. I think it's still cold too. Oh, you know what else I realized too? Somebody sent us footage of like, and this is what I mean. <clears throat> Who has a better rap voice, Mike? Nas or Raekwon? Mmm. Right. Depends on which Nas we're talking about, but I'm gonna say Nas. Because okay, but I'm here's taking the thing about it that I realize. Part of why they sound so great together, it is two of rap's best voices ever coming together when they rap. And you really you don't think about it that way. But you need to start thinking about it that way. Like when they come together, it's like listen to those voices. <laughs> Somebody said Jay Z's coming out eleven, eleven, twenty-two, two as well. Forty-four fours is what it is. <laughs> Too many numbers. Okay. Did you hear the Unconfew album, Quavo and Takeoff? I did. I listened to it last night at midnight. I liked it. I did too, Mike. I, you know what? I'm gonna I, say this. I, I want to say some things, but you're the bigger fan, so I want to let you have your moment, and then I'm gonna piggyback. I think that this was a lot more consistent, and there was a lot more chemistry there than we saw on Culture Two and Three. 
Culture One has the big hits, right? You know, and I think that, and I was telling somebody this today. I think that after after Slippery, Culture One drops off immensely. You know what I'm saying? After you get past the first half of that album, the drop off is crazy. But what I do think that um, you know the Migos do, and, and I guess in this scenario is uh, Quavo and Takeoff. I think they they put too many songs on an album, and so it's like the top half of that album or the first half of that album is very top heavy, and then it kind of drops off. There's like three, maybe four records on here that could have been left off this album. It didn't need to be 18, 19 songs, you know. But even with all that being said, I think it's the best um, end-to-end body of work I've heard from them since the Young Rich Niggas mixtape, to be real. And so, Mike, I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to tell you what I hear. This project is the classic example of less being more. Now, I want to tell you a couple things, and I'm going to be quick about it because I know you got to get out of here. Quavo is not the great leader that you think that he is. And I'm going to tell you why, because this album is evidence to it. His relationship with Sweetie and Offset's relationship with Cardi B clearly affected the quality of music coming out of this group. When Nobody may not want that to on the it. intro, though. Remember he said on the intro, I look back and think, why would I let somebody take me off of my off of my P or whatever? Like, you know, off my square. And so, yeah. So, so this is a prime example of how money, power, and fame does corrupt because usually the first thing that comes with money and power and fame is the beautiful women. Yeah. Okay? And so I think this is kind of like cautionary for like a super young group that got really wealthy really fast or really rich really fast. I wouldn't call them wealthy just yet. It got really rich really fast. Mm-hmm. You know, and all the ills that come with it that actually ended up compromising the brand. And I'm not saying this to uh, castigate Sweetie or Cardi B, but, and this is what I mean. Well, Sweetie was in Quavo's life before Cardi was in Offset's. Was so, I believe so. If not, it's around no, the same I think time. Cardi was it's super close Cardi on the timeline, if not, but I think it proceeds. Yeah, it's close. But what I'm man. saying is, is, is that, well, that's it's too much shit brewing in the room. That's too much of you over here and you over there, because here's what I hear. When I listen to this project, it made me think that Culture 2 and Culture 3, they weren't even together when they were recorded it. Yeah. Because they clearly recorded this project together. The chemistry is there. Mike, there are some bangers on here. Yeah. Like, there's not a bad and bougie or a t-shirt on here, but they haven't made this many bangers on an album before, actually. Like, the first, Mike, the first half of this album, I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, you niggas better not ever date seriously again. <laughs> not until At your least rap not career in is the public over. Eye. You niggas aren't allowed to date until your rap career is over. I like the fact that, you know, and there's a lot going on in Atlanta right now when it comes to rappers. And I think the city really needed this album. And I love them paying homage to uh, Outkast with the So Fresh, So Clean sample. And I think that turned out really dope. That that was like a feel-good record that you normally don't even get from them. Like, that's one of them riding around Atlanta on a sunny day records. And I love the fact that they had a record featuring Gunna and Thug. 
That's love and Gucci. Right there. And Gucci. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking about Gunna and Thug on the same song. Verse right. side by side. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that's showing a level of um keep your head up in unity that no, other artists are really about doing. Free Thug and Gunner on the record. So there's a consolidated effort, like you know what I'm saying, by the community. And shout out to the rap community down here for like standing behind those guys yeah. in their time of need. That's the solidarity. Like that's the t- that's what I'm talking about. Is like, well, that's not about right or wrong. That's about solidarity. Yeah. And and that's one thing the city has. Solidarity right. when it comes to that. Well, uh, shout out to them for that. Mo Better Call with the Super Chat says, uh, who has a better featured appearance? Um, Raekwon or Andre? I mean, Raekwon's just on more classics. It is yes, what right. it is. Right. Um, I'm not even having a conversation. The Raising Head with the Super Chat says, uh, so are we saying that Ray is over Ghost now? I'm no, not- I'm just telling you it's close and it always has been. Ghost is a top 10 MC, so is Ray. That's what I'm telling you. It's like if Ghost is like your 5, 6, 7, then like Ray is like your 9, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. Right there. I mean, I mean, I feel what you're saying. I mean, I think that people kind of use their There's all types of evidence, Mike. There's evidence this year. Cheat codes and SSS might be one and two for album of the year. And the only thing that they have in common on any sort of level is Raekwon the chef. This is what I will say as a Ghostface fanatic. And Ghostface is one of my favorite rappers ever. I think that Raekwon has been better for longer. Yep. He has. Yeah. Well, okay. So I know we got to get out of here. So let me just kind of finish with this thought. Go ahead. Here's another cool thing about this album. And everybody's talking about, well, first of all, if you've been doing the backstory, they did ask for the lesson from Ray and Ghost about Maybe. the Infinity Links and the Cuban Links. That's thing. why one of the but songs is called Tony Stark. So yeah. I, that let me know this album's going to be good and they were thinking about it though because mm-hmm. it's like no, one of the first songs that you see and hear, Tony Stark's. It's like no, this ain't no disrespect going on. This is homage going on. People need to understand what the homage going on is. These are dudes from another generation, from another region, and what they're really trying to do is rebrand themselves as a duo. Mm-hmm. And and so what they're telling you is, is, well, the greatest rap duo we know of to brand ourselves after is Chef Raekwon and Ghostface Killer from fucking Staten Island. Because These those guys are coming out of another Jimmy group. Carter in Atlanta. That's the power of hip hop, Mike. Those That's guys are coming thing. out of another group just like Ray and Ghost were and branding themselves as a duo. And same thing with them using the outcast loop or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, and, and, and also, too, and, and this is what I was about to say, Ray and Ghost chemistry on the Purple Tape is the best rap duo chemistry on any album in rap history, and that includes any Outkast or Tribe album that you want to bring out. Their chemistry on that album is unrivaled, and I didn't realize how unrivaled it was until they named this album after it, and I was like, hold on. Their chemistry, their chemistry really is like that. You know what I'm saying? Like on that one album, I mean, they got chemistry for days and they got other class stuff, but on that album, man, it's so, they're so, they're so synchronized. It's ridiculous. And and you can be from another generation, from another section of the hood and another section of the United States and understand that shit. And you know, I wish we could get, I wish we could get a Jada and Styles P effort. And I'm hearing the Styles P's retiring too. I mean, you know. Everybody's I mean, you can see Kiss posted up with Cam and Mace. I was like, what is this? The new children of the corn? They're going on tour together, but I would love... Well, Big L's gone. I mean, don't you think Kiss is the perfect punchline replacement for Big L? And I children would of the love corn? that. I would love that effort. Me too. Cam, Mace, and, and Jada Kiss, children of the corn. You know, Big L's gone, you know? Yeah. Uh, man, there with the Super Chat says, according to NBA thoughts on the uh, Draymond punching pool. I saw that footage. It looked crazy, man. 
I hope Draymond enjoys his last year in Golden State. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to get up out of here, man. But, um, you know, Patreon, holler at us on Monday. It's going to be real crazy. We can't say too much about the show because, you know, things is out there. But we're going to really get into it. And we're really going to start um, finding out what that number one album of 2022 looks like right now. Yeah, we need to start shaping it all up. All right. Well, y'all have a great weekend. Holla at y'all. Great talking.